What's up, YouTube? It's your boy, No Dream Jail, and welcome back to the No Dream Podcast. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about apathy and caring. But before we hit on that, I want to touch on a few other things. This video, or this podcast really, might be a little bit shorter than all the others, because we've made a couple more videos, um, and we wanted to drop those this week as well. So usually we'll drop like the one podcast on Saturday, but I've been really, really feeling like this content since we've had a lot more time to actually create stuff and make stuff. So we're not going to be dropping like one video, we're going to be dropping, I don't, I don't know, maybe two, three, but I'm super excited for it, and I'm also super excited about the topic, which is kind of ironic, the topic for today is apathy, which is not caring. And, you know, usually you'd be like, oh, I'm not supposed to care about this, about this podcast. You know, I should sound like super tired, but I'm really excited because this story is lit. I'm going to be reading from First Samuel chapter four. So if you have your Bible, you can follow along, but I'm going to be jumping around all over the place and we're going to be talking about apathy. So, <laughs> all right. Let's go. So before we talk about apathy, I believe that we have to talk about power. And you're like, eh, those, those two probably don't connect so well. But you'll you'll see why in a bit, definitely. Strength. It's always important to define a word. We do this on every single podcast. Before we start talking about that topic, we define what it means. So what is strength? Some people look at it as physical ability. Some people look at it as like mental ability. But strength can be defined as a lack of weakness. So you may have a lack of weakness in a certain area like, okay, your arm muscles are really big. So you have no weakness there. So you are strong. Like if something is strong, it is not weak by default because if it's strong, they're opposites. They can't coexist at the same exact time um, unless it's special circumstances. Like, for example, we talk about trust in one of the recent podcasts and we talked about trusting the chair. If I trust that that chair is strong and it's been tested under pressure before and I know that it's strong, I know it's not weak because it is strong. You may look at yourself and say, I'm weak. I have no physical capability. And that may be true. You may be like, I have no mental capability. And sadly, that may be true. But you are not weak, especially if you have a member of the Trinity living inside us, um, inside of you, I mean. After Jesus dies and then he gets resurrected, and he's ascending to heaven, right? He's talking to all of his disciples. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, uh, Go therefore and make disciples throughout all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to... And then he promises, it goes on and on, and then he promises that he would send a helper, which we know is the Holy Spirit, right? To give us power. It says in Acts, I think it's 1, 9. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. So... If we have the Holy Spirit, so we know the Trinity, it's a puzzle, guys. So let's see Let's see if we can put the pieces together. Um, we know that God is three in one. Uh, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we literally have a piece of, we have, he resides in us. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's, it's all coming together. When the Holy Spirit comes, we will receive power. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us, we have power. And it's crazy how... Often we don't recognize that, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I always do that. So when talking about different types of power, right, it's natural for us to want more and more power. Like you look at politicians, they want more and more power. Um, well, Alexander the Great of Macedonia, he conquered much of the known world um, and that gave him tons and tons of power. Uh, Paul in the New Testament, he was talking about how he was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Jew among Jews. 
uh, yeah, he was he was kind of bragging a little bit, but we it's always in our nature to want to be a little bit stronger. So when looking at strength, right, I already talked about it, but you can divide it into physical and mental. You can look at all these people like Muhammad Ali, who was physically strong. You can look at all these people and there's different types of strength you'll find in each and every one. But I promise you, Jesus is the ultimate example of all types of strength. For example, Adam and Eve, right? They're in the perfect environment and they still managed to sin. In contrast, Jesus, he was in the wilderness for 40 days, having starved in the wilderness, you know, barren land. He resisted the devil like Satan with words alone. Like that, that's the epitome, like the highest point. Like he, that was the peak of strength right there. And, you know, if that ain't it, I don't know where else you're trying to look for strength because you're not going to find anything better than that. All right. So the scripture, First Samuel chapter four, and I'm just going to go and start reading and I'll explain a little bit as I go on. So first Samuel four. Now the Israelites were out fighting against the Philistines. Now the Philistines were the big bads of that time. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Apec. The Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel and the battle spread. Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat upon us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh. So if you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, God told Moses back in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament to build this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And on it, well, inside of it, really, are the Ten Commandments, I believe, also is Aaron's Rod. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I believe it's Aaron's Rod. Um, but basically, the Ark of the Covenant was representative of the presence of God. So wherever the Ark of the Covenant went, people were like, okay, God is there. Like, you could literally feel God's presence wherever the Ark of the Covenant went. So the Israelites come with us this idea. They've been losing the battle. And they're like, all right, so let's, let's just bring this thing into battle. Because it will bring us victory. It will save us from the hand of our enemies. Verse 4. So the people sent men to Shiloh, and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim, which are angels. When the Ark of the Covenant came into the camp, all the Israelites raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, What's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the Ark of the Covenant had gone into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods that struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues. Be strong, Philistines. Be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers, and the Ark of the Covenant was captured. So the symbol of God's presence has been captured by the very enemy of God's people. So meanwhile, uh, this is away from the battlefield, right? There's this priest named Eli. And Eli hears this outcry in verse 14. And he says, what is the meaning of the uproar? Uh, this man, this messenger, hurries over to Eli, who is 98 years old. Eli is 98 years old and whose eyes were so set he could not see. He told Eli, I have just come from the battle line. I fled from it this very day. Eli asked, what happened, my son? The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines and the army suffered heavy losses. Both of your sons died and the Ark of the Covenant was captured. When he mentioned the Ark of God, Eli fell backward like he was so shocked. He fell backward off his chair by the side of the gate. His neck was broken and he died for he was old and heavy. He led Israel for 40 years. Later on, this, this lady goes into birth and she ends up naming her son Ichabod. 
And the reason she does this is in verse 22, she says, The glory of the Lord has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. So right there, we can see that there's a connection between the ark of God or the ark of the covenant and glory. Um, God's glory was attached to that. Like it, it was a wherever that went, God was there. Like you could feel his presence. And I, I imagine the Israelites were feeling hopeless. Like over 30,000 foot soldiers had been just been killed. They felt like their God had been had abandoned them. They felt like their God had abandoned them and been taken away from them. And this this gets a lot better, guys. So stay with me. In chapter 5, we get a quick transition to the Philistines' point of view. After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple. Now, Dagon was an idol. So back then, a lot of people worshipped idols. So Dagon was their god. They brought him into their temple, and they set it beside Dagon, like right next to him. When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon... And put him back in his place. They're like, eh, nothing too much there. I guess it just tipped over. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. Try to, try to picture this with me here. So imagine you have this statue and you worship this God your entire life. And you've been told there's nobody above him. There's nobody stronger than him. Nobody reigns supreme over him. And then you come into the temple to worship him and you come in, his head is broken off and his arms are broken off. And you know how in the horror movies when like people are trying to like crawl out the door and like one hand is like out the door and they're trying to get away. Well, that's kind of what I'm imagining here. Like this, this idol Dagon is trying to get away from the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know. That's, that's just funny to me. I don't know why. So moving along, they, they come to an agreement, right? In verse what is it? Verse eight. So they come to an agreement in verse eight. It says they called all the rulers of the Philistines together and asked them, what should we do with this ark of the God of Israel? They answered, have the ark of the God of Israel moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they moved it, the Lord's hand was against the city, throwing it into great panic. He afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of the God to Ekron. So this goes on. As the Ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They have brought the Ark of the God of Israel around us to kill us and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send the Ark of the God uh, back to Israel. Let it go back to its own place or it will kill us all and our people. For death had filled the city of panic. So they've been playing hot potato with like this Ark of the Covenant because wherever it's going, it's killing all of, all of Israel's enemies. God is fighting for them. God is doing their work for them. So they come up with this plan, right? In the next chapter, chapter 6, verse 3, they answered, If you turn the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it away empty, but by all means send a guilt offering to him. Then you will be healed and you will know why his hand has not been lifted from you. So they send this guilt offering back to the Israelites, the very their sworn enemies along with the ark of the covenant. And when it gets back, all these people rejoice. And then they set it down on a rock. And scripture clearly says, it says the large rock on which they set the ark of the Lord is a witness to this day. Look, check it. Okay, a rock, right? Just a thing we pass every day. The ark of the covenant was set down on it. And now that rock has become something so much more than a rock. Like it's become something extra special. That just goes to show we have God's presence living in us. And we may see ourselves as weak and worthless, but his pres he, you have his power like a piece of god a piece of the trinity is living inside of you and wanting to act through you 
And is it, isn't it crazy that sometimes we block it? Like sometimes we just don't let them work. And this is where it gets more into apathy. So we realize we have all this power, right? And remember, this is a puzzle. So we have to put all these pieces together. So remember, we have, we already have all this power. As that song, I got the power. Isn't that how it goes? I don't remember. But we have all of this power, right? If we have all this power, why do we end up not caring about anything? Like, why do we end up not caring? Uh, so uh, we have this word for power. It's dunamis, right? And the Greek is dunamis. That's where we get our word dynamite from. Each and every one of us is like dynamite, right? We each have the potential. So all, all dynamite is, is, is powder and a fuse and it's wrapped up and it's tightly coiled and that the power can't be released without without fire without without energy so if you just hold a stick of dynamite it's it's potential it's pure power it just hasn't been lit that's what every single one of us is we're, we're power or bundles of potential but we just haven't been lit the dynamite being lit is what changes things do you think that rock will look the same after it's exploded? One, two, three. The answer is no. The rock will not look the same. <laughs> because dynamite, the power has been released and it's changed the surface of whatever it's next to. You know, whatever you... So if we have all this potential and we know that all we need is we need to be lit. You know, as we talk about, we just got to get lit. We just need to be lit for this potential to be released. So why, why doesn't God's power explode out from us? Why aren't we changing things? And I think the major reason is because we won't light it. You know, we're scared that if we actually do light it, we'll make a change. As humans, we're so ingrained into our daily habits. Like, if if anything deviates from our plans or anything like that, some people absolutely freak out. Like, we hate change. Like, we fight change by nature. And we're scared because we might have to make a change in ourselves. We, we might have to deviate from our natural habit. So looking back to the story that I just read in 1 Samuel, we can we kind of see I don't I'm not bashing the Israelites here, but they they kind of treated the ark of the, the covenant like a relic. They brought it into battle. Like you you don't bring something ceremonious um like that into battle. I don't I mean, let me look back, but I don't think the Lord told them to take it into battle. But they're like, "Hey, God's presence is here, so we can just use that for victory." And I know a lot of Christians or a lot of people who claim to be Christians that they'll accept Christ into their lives and then for the benefit solely, like just so they just want the victory and the healing and all that. But they don't truly want Christ for him. Like they don't want that heart change. They just want the benefits that come with being a Christian. Um, and that's that's what the Israelites were doing here. It's sad to see. Another point. The Ark of the Covenant was just a representation of God's presence. If you look back into the Old Testament, you'll realize that Israel was God's people all along and God promised to be with them all along. So the Israelites had the victory the entire time, like they had the benefits the entire time. And we have an actual member of the Trinity in us who is actually a part of the Godhead. And so why aren't we changing anything around us? Why aren't we impacting anybody around us? And I think back to this example. Um, sometimes I, I do some dumb stuff like jail. I'm smart, but jail's not that smart. Okay, so I remember one time I went to go and turn on my PS4. And I kept pressing the button. And I was like, why won't it turn on? So then I called Sony headquarters. I called Sony America, I mean. And then I called all these people. I was like, hey, why won't it work? And then I remember I called somebody. And they were like, hey, uh, is, it, is it plugged in? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> why wouldn't it be plugged in? I'm not dumb. And then I went and looked in the back. And guess what? 
it wasn't even plugged in. And that's kind of how we are. We have the potential to operate. Like, we're like, I guess, <laughs> PS4, just like in that example I just used. We have the potential to operate. We're just not plugged into a power source. So why is that? And there's a lot of connecting pieces here. And I hope you're following. I hope you're tracking. Um, so why is it that we're not plugging into this this power that we have readily available for us? And I think the solution or the reason is that America is so good at conforming things to fit culture, especially people. Like if society sees anybody who deviates even a little bit from what everybody else is liking, they'll either push that person away. Well, actually, yeah, they will. They'll resolve that problem by pushing that person away or, you know, ostracizing that person as somebody who's different and they think outside the box too much. And that's really what we need. You know, we don't need more conformists. We don't need more people who want to be like everybody else. We need people who are striving to be different, especially in a time like this where everybody is stuck inside. We, If God, you, you hear it all the time, if God wanted multiple copies or of somebody else, he would have made multiple copies of that person. But he gave each and everybody, he gave everybody their own individual skills and their own things that they're good at. So shine with that, roll with that, do what you do. All right, so um, if, if you heard my testimony already, in the past, I found out from like a really early age that it hurt to care. Um, like every time I cared, like I, I'm one of those people that cares like way too much, even when I get hurt. And then when I hurt, I just care more and more and more. And I keep caring, I keep caring. Even when other people show that they don't care. So I learned that it hurts to care. So if I don't, that'll take away the pain and I just won't feel it. To this day, that still kind of affects me. So I remember I went to this driving class um, and I kind of I didn't want to take it, but I was like, eh, whatever, mom, it's going to lower my insurance. So I'm down for it. Let's go. So I was in the driver's seat. Right. And the driver instructor, he told me to just step on the gas pedal. I was like, oh, but and this was an empty parking lot. But he told me just step on the gas pedal as hard as I can. And I was like, aren't, aren't I going to crash? And he was like, no, no, I got this. So, you know, I stepped on the gas pedal and. He, he he said, trust me. I was like, I don't know if I trust you. I just met you. But he's like, trust me. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So I stepped on the gas pedal as hard as I can. And just before I reached the curb, you know, I was like, we're going to crash. We're going to crash. And then the car comes to a stop. And I didn't realize how the cars were made, that they have a brake on their side. I just had to trust him. He was in control the whole time. You know, that, that kind of relates to our situation as Christians. We can't expect to go anywhere if we if we still have the parking brake on, we can't expect to, to go if we're not willing to trust God and that he's got us and that if we'll go in faith and believe that if we go, God will help us make a difference. I've always wanted to be the one who's been pushing for Jesus, but because of my own apathy in the past, especially and waiting for the right moment to come, I always, always, I usually missed out on those kind of opportunities. Like, like for real, like real talk, apathy will kill you. Like I remember I remember there'd be late nights where I just sit in my bed and I think, wow, why, why didn't I do that? If only I would have cared more about that person. If only I would have cared more that I, it would have moved me to action. Like, yeah, you can care, but are you doing anything about how you feel? Like apathy will kill you inside. Like nothing will kill you more than regret. Just advice to like you younger people. I know you guys are getting hurt younger and younger and younger. Every, every time I hear more stories. Um, I remember this one story, especially. Um, I worked at this summer camp one summer. It's called Wind Shapes. It's, it's great. But I remember this one kid, he got into a fight, and I asked him, hey, yo, why, why are you doing this? And he was like, hey, I don't, I don't know. It's just I've always dealt with so much anger. And I watched this one YouTube video, and it told me, like, just smile more, and you'll instantly be more happy. That hasn't really helped me. And it was so sad because he had to be, like, 
six or seven and he was already dealing with that that sort of pain and learning to become apathetic and that that affects us in our worship like in in everything because i know a lot of people that will just stand there during worship and i know like the praise band will be up there like kicking it like rocking it like straight up getting it and then everybody in the audience will just be sitting there but listen if if all of us are moving like if all of us are moving and all of us are getting it and all of us are praising god in our zone like in our own way and like just just praising his name and how however we feel then it's gonna spread like okay we already know that society is very conformist in nature if society is conformist in nature why don't we use that to our advantage like why don't we go and be these shining examples and go with the power that god has given us and learn to care it's okay to care about people and when you finally stop being apathetic and step out of that and get in your zone everything will work out you just gotta go with it like just trust god and believe that he will be with you no matter what and this brings us to our present it can be so easy during this quarantine period to not care and get relaxed like it can be so easy not to care about you know your friends your relationships especially the relationship with God, it can be so easy to relax and not care about that because we have so much free time. But I encourage you guys, use this time to better yourself. Use this time to tap into that power, that God-given power. And if you want that power, I mean, let's, I mean, we can pray. Actually, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Let's pray real quick. Um, if you're not a believer and you want access to this power, this, this power that will give you the power to change the world, to impact those around you, just, just pray with me. Father God, I ask that you you come into my heart. You you activate this power. You you set a fire down in my soul that that will give me that will release all this potential that has been stored up inside of me. I said you go with me as I impact my world, as I impact my family, as I impact my church, as I impact this nation for your glory. That you'll go with me and that you'll give me the power and continue to help me plug into you so I can have access to to this power. This, this magnificent ability and furthermore not just the power but I have access to you knowing that you're there with me gives me way more comfort than any any sense of power or ability that I could ever be given be with me Lord in your I pray amen and yeah that was that was just a simple prayer I probably should ask you guys to pull over or something so uh if you just did that while you were driving I'm sorry I hope you're still alive <laughs> But yeah, I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends struggle with apathy. So leave your struggles with apathy down in the comments below. Like I said, I guess that wraps it up. I know this one was kind of short. Like I said, I know this one was kind of short. But we have other videos and content on the way, possibly. Or not possibly, definitely. We have other videos and content on the way. So where we're really at right now, we can't really make videos because of the quarantine period. Um, social distancing and all that. So we've, we've recorded a couple Discord things and such video calls like that um, that we're going to drop. And I hope, I hope you really do enjoy them. It's going to be great. I'm so excited for it. Make sure you leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that. Remember, we got no dream, but the one dream. Praise the one king. No dream yet. Oh, wait. Before I end, Exodus, he just dropped a new song. Um, I, I'll try to leave the link in my Insta on the No Dream Instagram page, but he just dropped a new song. I encourage you guys to go check it out. Um, No Dream's music as a group. This is probably going to have to wait till after quarantine, but I'm definitely still working on beats and lyrics. We're, we're constantly writing, throwing ideas back and forth. So we still have stuff in the works. Just because we don't post videos about us working or doing anything doesn't mean that we're not still working or doing things or still trying to push the kingdom. So, and I guess I kind of have to say it again. We got no dream but the one dream. Praise one dream. No dream jail. Out.